You must be Kelly's father. You must be here to take advantage of my daughter, live off me like my worthless wife and family. <laughs> Mr. Bundy, money is of no concern to me. I come from a very wealthy family. Son. Please, please call me Carlos. No, no, I prefer son. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. Welcome back to the Married with Children Podcast. This is Luigi. Hey, Crisito, dame este dos por cuatro. <laughs> hey, Chris, what are you up to? Well, let's see. I've got a saw, I got me some wood, I got me a how to build a dog house manual. I'm jet skiing. (laughs) (laughs) And today we have a special guest co-host, Alyssa. Hello, bring on the three-legged dogs. (laughs) So welcome back, everyone. Today we are reviewing Al Goes to the Dogs, Season 10, Episode 21. Original air date, March 24th, 1996. Al decides to build a doghouse for Lucky. But when he makes an absurd amount of noise in the backyard, Marcy bribes a building inspector to inspect Al's work just to harass him. When the inspector tells him that the house is not up to its code, Al, with Kelly's wealthy boyfriend Carlos, tears it down and rebuilds it again and again to get it right. Meanwhile, Kelly desperately tries to get Carlos's attention. She spends a lot of Al's money, which he swindles from Carlos, to go to the salon to achieve the natural look of the women of his village. Thus, she is spending a lot of money to look like she has spent no money on her looks. Bud says, you are your mother's daughter. Kelly says, well, duh. And Carlos has (laughs) spent a lot of money to come to America to get away from the women of his village. And Al ends up with a lot of Carlos's money. Well, Anonymous, uh, you know, I think... uh, he just copied the dialogue on this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> Director, Sam W. Orinder. Sounds like a cartoon lizard. <laughs> Writers, Gary Bowerin and Laurie Lee Goss. Special guest stars, Mark Espinoza as Carlos. Ian Patrick Williams as Inspector Fitzpatrick. Angela Strader as Turquoise. Don Doe, or Doey, as Foreman, Lucky the Dog as Lucky the Dog, and Kim Weisskopf voices the voice of Lucky. Tonight, Al's building a doghouse. Could you keep the noise down just a hair? Okay. Married with Children, a brand new episode. Then, catch the new comedy Al Bundy calls a masterpiece. Who can do this? A future wife and or Tracy Lord. More fun than a monster truck rally. Just pretend like I'm not even here. You can't even see me. I'm like a fine mist. Yeah, nerve gas. Local Heroes, a brand new episode tonight after Married with Children. So, Alyssa, welcome back. Uh, we Thanks. haven't uh, had you on the podcast in quite some time, huh? Yes, it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, our fan base really loves uh, hearing your perspective. We always enjoy having the ladies on. 
<laughs> so uh, I hope you like how we dressed up the nudie bar today. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> yeah, it went to the dogs. <laughs> so let's get underway. The title for this episode is a reference to the phrase going to the dogs. Going to the dogs describes something on the downgrade, something that is worse than it used to be, something that is deteriorating. The origin of the term going to the dogs, the theory is that it came from food that had rotted away and was not fit for human consumption and thus was thrown to the dogs. Another possible origin is the Dutch phrase, to-go-to-do-dogs, which translates from Dutch as money gone, credit gone too. A third, less plausible theory comes from China and the fact that dogs were regulated to the outside the walls of cities. If someone was cast outside the walls of the city, they were going to the dogs. Many consider the phrase going to the dogs to have its origins in the practice of going to dog races in order to bet on the outcome sometimes losing one's money and becoming destitute in the process. In any case, the idiom going to the dogs goes back to at least the middle of the 1700s. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a saying that, uh, I mean, I still hear it used pretty regular. I mean, at least semi-regularly, you know, usually in reference to like uh, neighborhoods that have, that have gone bad or, or things mm-hmm. like that, you know, people will say, oh, you know, that... That used to be a pretty nice neighborhood, but it's it's gone down or it's gone to the dogs. <laughs> How about you guys? You hear or another before? phrase? <laughs> yeah. No, no. You, you. I mean, I will say I don't think I've ever really heard it that way. I mean, I've heard it a little more crass, as if you know yeah, the neighborhood's going to shit, but not yeah. you know going to the dogs. <laughs> I guess going to the dogs would be like a nice way of saying the neighborhood's really gone to shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess it all depends. I mean, I, I will say uh, you guys in the South are a little more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little more polite maybe than the East Coast or West Coast people, right? <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> well, we pretty, well, look, at tonight's recording, we have, uh, uh, I guess we're representing the entire USA, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Northeast, the South, and the West Coast. Yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so the episode opens with some text on the screen, which says that it's 3.15 a.m., the weather forecast is clear and fair with a 0% chance of snow. miserable girl bladdered insomniac roach of a dog <laughs> buck could hold it for days why can't you i am buck you shoe piddling moron <laughs> so even though the weather report says there's a zero percent chance of snow of course it's snowing out right of course right the first thing i found interesting was you know al has to sort of say that i mean he makes reference that lucky is nothing like buck and Lucky says, well, I am Buck, you shoe-peddling moron. So I guess uh, trying to remind the audience that, you know, the dog was reincarnated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that reference. I mean, I, that's, that's you know, I, I was watching some some latter seasons episodes with a friend of mine recently, and she goes, you know, what happened to Buck? Like, who's this new dog? You know, and I had to go through and explain you know, the whole reincarnation process. But 
I like that reference. <laughs> yeah. And we reviewed that episode. So Chris and I reviewed that with Carolyn. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, I believe, episode three of season 10. Right. Yeah, Requiem for a Dead Briard. Now, Alyssa, I, I believe you have dogs, correct? I do. So, I mean, so let, let me ask you your opinion. Like, what did you think of Lucky as a Bundy dog? Well, he's a Cocker Spaniel. I've had Cocker Spaniels. They are a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Okay. They Why? are No, they are very high maintenance. Oh, my gosh. I had one growing up. He he always cried when we left the house. Didn't matter, you know, if we're just going to the mailbox. He always cried, and uh, always, you know, they 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 pee all over the place. <laughs> They're just very high maintenance. They're hard to keep clean because they have that that really you know really long fur. Hmm. All right, interesting. That, that's my that's my take on cocker spaniels. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'll add that it's funny that you uh, say that uh, you know they're very high maintenance and such because. My thought has always been that uh, Lucky is way too uh, uh, like pretty, so to speak, to be a Bundy dog. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like to me, uh, Lucky looks like a dog that you would see like almost like with a wealthy family or a higher class family. Like not with a, you know what I mean? That was yeah. that was always my thought when I uh, like even as a kid, I was like, man, the Bundys are getting a really really pretty dog. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're obviously taking good care of him because he looks really good. Yeah. You know, something else I thought I saw in my notes is like, wouldn't at this point, wouldn't the Bundys have like a doggy door or something? Because, you know, they had Buck for, you know, at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they've got, you know, the second dog, Lucky. Like, it feels like they'd have a doggy door by now. But at any rate. <laughs> well, I mean, and they had a dog for at least 20 years. Because remember, like, when they had the flashback to 1974? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Buck was a little little baby then. Buck was a little puppy. Oh, a little yeah. puppy, Buck. Yeah. 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 So yeah, they ha- they haven't built a doggy door or come up with some sort of system by now to where someone doesn't have to get up at three a.m. to walk him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I will make uh, one comment now. When Buck the dog died, if you recall uh, in uh, Requiem for a Dead Briard, one of the lines that Al says, "Bud, help me chop up the doghouse for firewood." <laughs> right. <laughs> So the thing is, is that, you know, he had, they had Buck. And you remember there was even the episode with the light switch? Yep, yep. Yes. In season nine. Switch went to, yeah, and it turned out the light switch was in his house, yeah. Right. So the thing is, is that, you know, like, why is Al building a doghouse? Now, because he said that he wanted to go outside and chop up the, the, the doghouse for firewood, although Kelly was crying about that. You know, like in other words, if if I was Alex, you know, if we go back to the Alex days, Alex would try to make sense of it. It's like, so Al must have destroyed Buck's doghouse. Yeah. You know, back in episode three. So now at episode 21, we are uh, having to rebuild it. I don't know. So I, I guess that's how we make sense of the madness. That makes sense to you guys? I guess they just needed a, a, a plot for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Right. So up comes Bud from the basement. I thought I heard something. Was there an intruder? No, Hef. <laughs> it was probably Lucky scratching on the door to get out. No, 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 I heard that. This, uh, this sounded more like breaking glass. Oh, oh, no, those were my tears freezing in midair, then shattering on the sidewalk. So this is a reference to Hugh Hefner. Hugh uh, Hefner was an American magazine publisher. 
He was the founder and editor-in-chief of Playboy magazine, a publication with revealing photographs and articles which provoked charges of obscenity. The first issue of Playboy was issued or published back in 1953, featuring Marilyn Monroe in a nude calendar shoot. It sold over 50,000 copies. Hefner extended the Playboy brand into a world network of Playboy clubs. He also resided in luxury mansions where Playboy Playmates shared his wild partying life, fueling keen media interest. He was an advocate of sexual liberation and freedom of expression, and he was a political activist in the Democratic Party and for causes of First Amendment rights, animal res rescue, and the restoration of the Hollywood sign. And mm. uh, he was born back in 1926 and passed away in 2017, just under five years yep. ago now. So Interesting. Yeah. Well, I didn't know about this thing about the Hollywood sign. That, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And I didn't know Marilyn Monroe was on the first Playboy. Yeah. yeah, that's actually the reason why I think that. I mean, I mean, I think historically that's the reason why that magazine took off. Probably yeah. sense. She was the. Uh, I'm going to uh, use this name, Jennifer Lopez of the fifties. Right? <laughs> yeah, Alex will love that. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I don't know if y'all. I'm a current events junkie myself, so I follow all this. But uh, Hugh's been in the the news a lot recently. As I mentioned, he passed away almost five years ago, but. A lot of the the, the models or play, uh, the playmates have been in the news recently, complaining about the lifestyle and such, living in the mansion. I thought that was <laughs> interesting. So, have you guys heard about that? Oh, oh yeah, no, absolutely. Mm -mm. Uh, like I said, it's it's interesting. I mean, I think even his ex, his last ex-wife, you know, sort of has been one of the prominent people who've talked about that. Yeah. So Al opens the door, and we find Kelly smooching with. Uh, one of her boyfriends, who we have, who has no name. Is it really that cold out there? Well, let me show you. <laughs> Pervert! <laughs> you know, a girl can't even come home from her prayer meeting without someone trying to stick their tongue down her throat. <laughs> prayer meeting. <laughs> You, you guys, let, let me ask you guys oh, something. God. So, uh, so Kelly at yeah. this point in the series is, uh, I would say, roughly twenty-three because she was thirteen in season one, correct? So, yep. So we can assume she's roughly twenty-three now. Does anyone else think it's kind of like lame that that they make her uh, try to act like she's not promiscuous? <laughs> because, I mean, first of all, she's an adult, and second, everybody knows that she's promiscuous like her parents know or her bud knows like it's an ongoing joke so it's it's weird to me that the writers uh have the character try to pretend like she's not promiscuous you know when she gets caught kissing someone at 3 a.m and whatnot what, what do y'all think about that i'm curious that's an interesting point well i mean look christina applegate at this point in time the real person she's 24 years old okay mm -hmm. and it's like if she's 16 17 years old I mean, you would expect Al to, you know, grab the guy, smash his face on the on the wall, right, and throw right. him out. But I mean, she's an adult. Exactly. That's <laughs> you know my whole, I mean? that's my whole point. I mean, yeah. hell, I mean, twenty three, twenty four. A lot of people are married with children at that point. Right. <laughs> I mean, hell, I think true. I, hell, Al and Peg would have been married with kids at that point. <laughs> they, they well, well, if you follow the timeline, yeah, they would have because <laughs> Peg got pregnant uh, in high school, right? Right. With, yeah. Uh, Kelly. That, that's my whole point. Like, it's totally like you know if. If it's 
if Kelly's 15, 16 years old and she's standing outside kissing some guy at, at 3 a.m., that's one thing. But at age 23, 24, it's weird that they go that route to make her uh, make to make Kelly, uh, you know, attempt to appear to not be promiscuous. I don't know. It's just to I don't me, know. Maybe to me, maybe they're weird. trying to be consistent. Yeah, I don't know. It just it's just kind of weird at that age to me. Yeah. But 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 what you know I didn't like about it was is the boyfriend is nameless. <laughs> yeah. You know norm- normally we get you know like uh, mayhem or T Bone yeah. or you know like or or some of like the other uh, you know uh, pinworm wasn't yeah, there pin- somebody pinworm yeah, pinworm was one. <laughs> you know so like it would have been nice to me like in this scene if it's like we, we had a name associated with him and you know some ridiculous name. Yeah, for I mean th- this guy's not even important enough to get a name. <laughs> right. So Al calls a family meeting. Kids, this is the perfect time for a family meeting. And the topic of our family meeting is the little member of this family who can't make it through the night without wetting himself. Dad, right in front of him? I think he meant the dog, Kel. Didn't you, Dad? (laughs) Uh... But but Bud's uh, reaction was good. He's like, you know, I, he meant the dog, Cal, but didn't you, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> That's an ongoing joke too that Bud wets in bed. Yeah. That he, you, yep. you know, he, they've been saying that since like what season one, right? Right, and oh, yeah. again, now at this point in time, Bud or David Faustino is twenty years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we're we're supposed to believe he's still wet in the bed. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we know he's a, he's pretty socially awkward, but you know, as as we established, he's getting laid on pretty regular occasion at this point in the series. But yeah, he's still apparently. Wet in the bed, so go figure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially since season nine. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. Right when uh, you know when Amber was around, right, Chris, your girl. Oh yeah, I remember Amber. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, she's, <laughs> Amber's my all-time favorite. That To me, that was his first real girlfriend. I mean, we know we know he lost his virginity before that. We've established that. But to <laughs> me, Amber was his first real girlfriend in the series. And she's my personal favorite, so. Yeah. She was cute. Yep. <laughs> Don't you understand that since your mother left, I've been handling all the maternal responsibilities. Now, do you think it's easy lounging on this couch, growing out of my clothes, and begging myself for sex? <laughs> I simply don't have time to walk the damn dog. All right, Dad. We're sorry. We promise, starting tomorrow, we will take care of Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we cut to the following day. Again, it's 3.15 a.m. Weather forecast is clear and balmy. (laughs) Bud! Miserable flea-infested geyser of a dog. I didn't see you lift your leg into a minus 20 wind chill. And instead, it's uh, looks like it's hail outside, right? Right. <laughs> it looks like a cross between snow and rain. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's snow on the ground, but there's like rain. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have snow where I am. So I don't yeah. know. Is that is that something that happens in, <laughs> back there? In, the in East Chicago? Coast? Well, in Chicago, yeah. Really? 
Well, well, you know, Lucky makes some reference that um, I didn't see you lift your leg in minus 20 wind chill. That is true. If you've ever been to Chicago, it is cold. Yeah. yeah. In winter, yeah. when that wind kicks up. Yeah, man. I've been there. I've been there many a times on my layovers as a flight attendant. And, and we when we our short layover, we um, we we stay at this hotel that's right across from the airport. And we actually walk there because it's it's literally like a hundred yards, <laughs> you know, which is you know of course not a long walk. But tell you what, when <laughs> in the middle of you know February when that wind's blowing, a hundred mm. yards is a pretty damn long walk. <laughs> that sounds really really awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like it's like are you really going to call a shuttle for a hundred yards, you know, or you call an Uber yeah. for a hundred yard walk? <laughs> Let me tell you, but it is so painful. That hundred yards Oof. is so painful. Yeah. I, I remember one time being in Chicago. I think the temperature was like negative six Fahrenheit. And then the, with the wind chill, it was like negative 30. Yeah. Oof. I, I remember walking and it's like I felt cold like in my in my feet with so- like heavy socks on. I could feel the damn yep. cold. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, <laughs> for those who, who, who tout, oh, like I love Chicago. I was like, well, you can keep it. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> well, I, 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 as I always say, I mean, Chicago is, is a cool city. I have a lot of friends that live there, you know, oh. flight attendant friends that live there. It's a, it's a cool city, but I would be absolutely miserable for about three or four months out of the year. Cause I mean, it, it starts yep. in mm-hmm. like November and it goes through March or April where it's just absolutely just crazy. Cold. And you know, of course, I'm a Southerner, so I'm not used to that at all. But I would be completely miserable there for about four months out of the year. Yeah, I mean, you know, having grown up in New York, like there is no, we never get cold like that. Yeah, you know, I, it is it is brutal. So I can I can appreciate you know Buck uh, talking about like lifting his leg and negative twenty. Bud, or should I say, boy wonder? What are you doing up? I was awakened by a nightmare that your mother was kissing me all over. <laughs> then I realized it was lucky because his breath was sweet, his feet were warm, and just a little bit more furry. <laughs> then I thought, it's 3.15 in the morning with hail the size of softballs. Let's take Lucky out for a little dump. <laughs> we have a reference to Boy Wonder. Mm, can I guess, is that from, is that Robin? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so Boy Wonder, also known as Robin, is the name of several fictional superheroes appearing in American comic books published by DC Comics. The character was originally created by Bob Kane, Bill Finger, and Jerry Robinson to serve as a junior counterpart to the superhero Batman. The character's first in our incarnation, Dick Grayson, debuted in Detective Comics number 38 way back in April of 1940. Conceived as a way to attract young leadership, Robin garnered overwhelmingly positive critical reception, doubling the sales of the Batman titles. The early adventures of Robin included Star Spangled Comics, number 65 through 130, which was the character's first solo feature. Robin made regular appearances in Batman-related comics and other DC-related comics publications from 1940 through the early 1980s until the character set aside the Robin identity and became the independent superhero Nightwing. The team of Batman and Robin has commonly been referred to as the Caped Crusaders or the Dynamic Duo. And uh, we have a note here from Annabelle. 
we're going to post this picture in the comment section. <laughs> it's a picture of uh, Batman and Robin from 1943. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh Annabelle is saying that uh, Robin looks uh, just like David Faustino. <laughs> really? So, absolutely. So, yeah. I, yeah I, think, I, I see it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially at that age when, when Faustino was in his early 20s. No doubt about it. He could have played. <laughs> he definitely could have played Robin. <laughs> or that version of Robin, at least. <laughs> All right. So now we get uh, Kelly with uh, the boyfriend again, who's nameless. God, do I have to spell it out for you? G-N-O spells no! (laughs) I have a question. Wasn't that a different guy? Uh, No, I mean, I watched the episode three times. It's the same guy from the night before. Yeah. It just looked like a different guy to me. I I also have another question. Why is she dating these guys when she has the other guy, you know, spoiler alert, the other boyfriend? Why is she dating these guys? Well, isn't that one of the things with Kelly? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's just Kelly, yeah. <laughs> but on our Michael Moyer interview, Michael said that Kelly's promiscuity was really left up to the imagination of the audience. But mm-hmm. one of the things was, he, he did say, Chris, if I, I don't know if you remember this, mm-hmm. he said that, you know, it couldn't be too believable because if it was, if you really thought that Kelly was as promiscuous as Bud in particular used to say she was, it wouldn't have been as funny. Like what was funny was more like just the lines and like sort of like Kelly almost like staying behind the line, like not crossing th- certain threshold in terms of what you see on screen. Like in other words, she's kissing a guy on in you know, at the age of 24, <laughs> at her parents' uh, stoop, you know, f- uh, front porch, which is effectively sweet and innocent, right? It's not like, for example, they're showing her in bed with a guy. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's well, a very different image. Well, you know, I, I think it was Alex, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to remember back, you know, I, I think it was probably somewhere about midway through season five or six or something. He, he referenced something that Christina Applegate said once years ago. And, and what Christina Applegate said was that she thought Kelly was a virgin. Did you know that? And, yeah. Oh, I've heard that before. And, and, yeah. the, and the reason why is if you think about all the characters on the show, you know, Al, Peg, Bud, Marcy, Steve, Jefferson, Kelly is the only character that we never actually see have sex or see her in the mm-hmm. act or caught, uh, you know, see right after the act of having sex. Of course, we right. see her out on dates. We see her making out on the couch, but we never actually see Kelly have sex or we never see her right after having sex. So we, we could, if you really wanted to think about it, you know, open-mindedly it, and this is, and this is Christina Applegate herself that said this, that she said she thinks Kelly is a virgin. <laughs> what do you guys think yeah. about that? I guess it's believable. <laughs> like, well, again, you know, like, I mean, it's like, is she just dating guys and making out with them? She's just like a tease. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was, I was just thinking, just to elaborate, I guess Christine Applegate, of course, could have been saying that tongue-in-cheek, but it's certainly, she makes a good point, though, that that, that, that character is the only one that we've never seen in the act. Yeah, I, 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 would, I, I would have to agree with you on that, yeah. <laughs> I gave the two of you one more chance, you failed miserably. Tomorrow night, Lucky spends his evening in the yard. Dad, you can't put a dog outside in the middle of winter. It's inhumane. No, bud. Inhumane would be to force him to work at a shoe store for minimum wage and then, <laughs> then have him come home to a red-headed Shih Tzu. 
Al hates having to take Lucky out at 3.15 every morning. So he says that the dog should stay outside in the yard and the kids protest and say that it's inhumane. And (laughs) Al says, no, inhumane would be to force him to work at a shoe store for minimum wage and then have him come home to a redheaded shih tzu. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny. I got to get that. Somebody in the audience really got a good laugh out of that. If you listen to the audio track. Yeah. (laughs) So a Shih Tzu is a toy dog breed weighing from four to seven and a quarter kilograms, which is nine to 16 pounds when fully grown. And the breed was developed in China. Interesting. Yeah. Is it Shih Tzu or Shih Tzu? (laughs) He sounds kind of weird, huh? I think I think that's one of those things. It just depends on like uh, w- what part of the country you're from. Exactly. <laughs> here, here in yeah. the South, we say Shih Tzu, but yeah, say in, on the West Coast we say that too. <laughs> yeah, but I've certainly heard Shih Tzu and and other variations of it. So. <laughs> hey, Daddy, you're gonna put Lucky outside. You're gonna have to build him a doghouse. Hey, you know we can even build it together as a family project. You mean like 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 that perfect family on on Party of Five? <laughs> Their parents were killed in a fiery car crash. Exactly. (laughs) So now we have a reference to a TV show, Party of Five. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Party of Five is an American television teen and family drama created by Christopher Kaiser and Amy Lippman that originally aired on Fox for six seasons, 1994 to 2000. And the series featured an ensemble cast... You know, constituting five siblings who the series follows up to the lost their parents in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, let's see, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in that, Nev Campbell. Yep. So interesting. Matthew Fox from Lost. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I loved that show. It was great. Not Lost. <laughs> I loved Party of Five. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can't say I watched it, but uh, I, I do remember it being, you know, seeing promos for it on television. It was probably really popular around the time this episode aired. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah, I never watched mm-hmm. it. I mean, 94 through t- 2000, that was the, like the era of my life where like basketball completely took over my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> Those but, are my high school years. Yeah, so. like, well, you know, in 1994, the, the Rockets won their first championship and 95, they won their second. So and then from that point on, basketball was my like entire existence. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, but I just find it interesting, you know. Al liked the fact that the parents were killed in a fiery car crash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Al loved that. <laughs> that. That gallows humor, you gotta just love it, right? Ugh. So now we cut to Al back in the backyard, you know, because Bud and Kelly said that they were going to help, and they're not helping. So he's talking effectively to imaginary <laughs> Bud and Kelly. Bud, you want to hand me that hammer, son? Thank you. (laughs) Oh, no, pumpkin, that's all right. Daddy already drank too many ice-cold beers. Yeah. (laughs) So I got a couple of things to throw out here. Uh, One of the things that that, (laughs) I know continuity is not the show's strength. You know, we've talked about that, but. (laughs) It, it was snowing slash hailing the last couple nights. Look how clean the yard looks. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, the yard looks spotless. And while we're talking about the yard, the other thing I had in my notes here is, man, that's a nice backyard. I mean, I wish my, my backyard looked that nice. You know, and and Al makes, what, $3.25 an hour? Is that right? 
Yeah. About three. You know, one thing, yeah. You know, one thing that, you know, that backyard and, and it's in the current incarnation for this episode reminds me a little bit of the Brady Bunch backyard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they had right. AstroTurf. I wonder if they have AstroTurf on the Bundy yeah. yard, too. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I mean, I wish my yard looked that, that nice. I mean, the grass <laughs> looks flawless. They got a nice fence. They've got uh, beautiful trees and shrubs along the, yeah. along the fence line there. Uh, and I don't know. Did did y'all did you did either of you happen to notice if that apple tree is there where they had the <laughs> remember the famous apple tree uh, episode? Of course. Where, where they feuded back and forth with the uh, the Darcys. Uh, right. I didn't happen to notice that apple tree was still there, but I mean, I wish my backyard looked that nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get my grass looking that good or my trees. I don't know about y'all, but. <laughs> so out comes Jefferson. What you, uh, what you doing? I'm building a doghouse with my loving family. <laughs> well, you, you know, they come ready-made. You mean I didn't have to have sex with a wife? <laughs> the doghouse is hell. Ah, but why spend the money and miss the satisfaction of creating a house for your beloved pooch working with your bare hands? Right, kids? <laughs> Uh, Al, I, I, I don't see Bud and Kelly. Do you? Ah, who needs them? Everybody should work every day outside with their hands. Whether you're sticking nails under your neighbor's tires or... <laughs> digging that grave you can't wait to jump into. I'm just glad I have a friend like you who's willing to help out. And that's important, Jefferson, because we have to stick together. I mean, we're a vanishing breed. You want to hit me? <laughs> so, you know, Jefferson questions Al's sanity, right? Because he's talking to the wind. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I don't see Butter Kelly. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut back into the uh, living room. And, you know, with Bud and Kelly... And they're bantering around, and we find out about Carlos. Kelly, what is Dad hammering out there? Apparently himself. Damn nail! Damn thumb! Damn dog! Bud, after months of trying, I think I finally found a way to show Carlos how much I care about him. Mm. Pinata full of condoms? No little engine that couldn't. No, I needed to know what kind of woman he liked. So I wrote to his brother back in the old country of San... De... San... What does it say? Diego. Where they speak spinach. So he, he sent me these pictures of his old girlfriends, and they're all plain-looking. I mean, they have no makeup, no jewelry, no, no bras. Woo! <laughs> So you know what I'm going to do? I am going to go to Pierre's Salon Au Naturel, where for only $500, I can look like I haven't spent any money on myself at all. You are your mother's daughter. Well, duh. Listen, 
Carlos is coming over in a little bit. If he gets here before I get back, keep him away from Dad. Don't let him talk to him. Don't even let him look at him, okay? All right. But why? Penguin! <laughs> so now Kelly talks about going to Pierre's Salon Au Natural, where she's going to spend 500 bucks to make herself look like an all-natural. <laughs> and Bud says, you are your mother's daughter. I guess, Alyssa, so as a woman, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, so can you, like, comment on that? Because, like, I think it's, like, one of those things with guys where, yeah, you know, like, we, it, it's hard for us to, like, comprehend. I mean, now, listen, I do want you to know, like, I occasionally will go to the spa. I'll get myself a massage. I'll get myself a facial, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I like pampering myself, but women obviously do it a lot more mm -hmm. and whether it's hair makeup or you know again a massage facials or all this stuff i mean i mean <laughs> would you spend 500 dollars to make yourself look <laughs> oh natural i don't see and i'm trying to figure out what that even means like if, to me natural means no makeup no hair you know maybe like um no hair color like you know like maybe your roots showing you know what i mean because that's kind of like Oh, it's my natural color. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I think I think the intention is is that you're going to spend some money mm -hmm. to look as if you didn't go to the salon, but you know, like maybe like for example, I'm gonna I'm still gonna do stuff to you, but it's not gonna look as if I, you have makeup or you did your hair. So maybe for example, you know, dye your hair or maybe like put some streaks in, but make them look as if they're natural as right. opposed to. I was trying to figure out what that what she what she meant by that, you know, right. like how are you going to make somebody look natural at that salon? Right. <laughs> and by the right. way, I, I know we'll always like to do the inflation calculator, so that would be nine hundred and thirty dollars in the year twenty twenty two. Right. Wow. wow. So a grand, huh? Yeah. I mean, of Carlos's money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, after taxes, it would be a grand. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, Carlito, dame los dos por cuatro, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <sighs> so marcy shows up howdy neighbor <laughs> what you doing well let's see i got the saw i got me some wood Got me a how to build a doghouse manual. I'm jet skiing. Well, I am trying to go over some records for bank deposits, though I suppose that concept is lost on you. Much as a strapless bra would be on you. Do you suppose that you could keep the noise down just a hair? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Al. Just two hours of quiet. That's all I need. She didn't say what two hours? <laughs> when Marcy pops out uh, and talks to Al, because she's like, hiya, neighbor. Uh, one of the things you notice, it reminds me of home improvements. Yep, yep. I have that in my notes. Yep. That's right. I mean, I got the you know, exact I mean, same vibe. It was almost the exact same camera angle, although you get to see Marcy's face. Right. right. 
Yep, I got that exact same vibe. That's funny that you thought that. Wilson. Yep. That's right, Wilson. Yep. <laughs> so she asks Al to be quiet, and of course, Al's going to do the exact opposite. Of course. <laughs> Again, I can't. I can't get over how nice their backyard is for. <laughs> for I mean, three twenty-five an hour. <laughs> they do have a very nice fence. Yeah. <laughs> now. This is one of those things where, you know, you ask someone to do something and they ha- they have to do the exact opposite, right? I mean, and did you expect any less of Al? Mm-mm. Nope. And you see, that to me is like, you know, sort of one of my little critiques here is, is the predictability of it all. Right? He hates Marcy. You know, right. I mean, he hates yeah. Marcy. Marcy says, please. <laughs> He's not going to listen, right? She's right. being as nice as she can. Right. And now we return to Red Shoe Diaries. Hi. You don't know me, but would you wine me, dine me, and have your way with me? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, right. (laughs) I can't count how many times that's happened to me. Hi. You don't know me, but would you wine me, dine me, and have your way with me? Yeah! I'm dreaming. I'm going to pinch myself. What, am I an idiot? <laughs> Let's go, baby. Hello, Bob. Is Kelly here? No, Carlos. I'm supposed to tell you something. Hi. You don't know me, but <laughs> would you I'm mind? A, never me? mind. Never mind. Just uh, go ask my dad. <laughs> so we have this reference, and now we return to the Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, I remember that show. <laughs> the Red Shoe Diaries is an American anthology erotic drama series that aired on Showtime Cable Network from 1992 to 1997 and is distributed by Playboy Entertainment overseas. It is a spin-off of an earlier film by the same name, also directed by Zalman King. Red Shoe Diaries is a collection of movies that exist to arouse the imagination through showing it passion-filled fantasy. Although the, the storylines vary, one thing is for sure about this collection, that is that it, that it is clean entertainment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ha! Clean, huh? All right. So, uh, Alyssa, you said that uh, you remember that. Yeah, but I was like in high, I, I was too young to watch it. I just remember that was like the big taboo thing, you know, in my high school years. Oh, Red Shoe Diaries, like soft porn. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I wasn't aware of it, but, you know, when it said Red Shoe Diaries, I thought it was just like some like some kind of like Al Bundy type thing, right? <laughs> I thought it was fictional. Then it's like, oh, no, it's actually a real thing. Yeah. By the time I got to high school, it was like, well, on Cinemax, we called it Skinemax. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. Yes. Skinemax. (laughs) Have you ever heard that, Luigi? Uh, I have. (laughs) Because it was basically softcore porn. I mean, Mm -hmm. it didn't show much, but, you know, hell, when you're 14, you don't have to show much. (laughs) I know. It's true. (laughs) Right. So, you know, but here's this line. Wine me, dine me, and have your way with me. And then, like, you know, obviously something that 
wouldn't happen in real life. Like actually some girl just randomly shows up at the door, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you know, some super supermodel and all of a sudden, yeah. you know, off he goes with her. Like, I mean, what? Well, yeah, that exactly. Like, why, why can't a supermodel like that just walk up to my door? <laughs> you know Chris, you get, uh, you know, the Mormon missionaries. Yeah, though, right? exactly. <laughs> uh, Alyssa, I've, I've had these missionaries that have been coming, visiting me recently. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of funny. They they started a few months ago. And they came by, brought me a Book of Mormon. They've texted me a couple times. They, they came oh, by wow. yesterday while I wasn't home. <laughs> yeah. I see them in my neighborhood all the time, but yeah. they don't come to my door. Yeah. One of them, one of them is really hot. So I'm kind of thinking that might be part of their recruitment strategy, but <laughs> that's what I told Chris. How funny. Hey man, you know, Hey, even if you're devil worshipers, I'll follow you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Seriously. Look at this girl that just walked up off the street to Bud's house. I mean, yeah. did, did we looked yeah. up by the way. Is she a playmate? Well, that's a great question. Uh, so this is Angela Strader who plays turquoise (laughs) that's the name all right uh let's see uh was she nude (laughs) she certainly could be a playmate i mean oh could very well be (laughs) let's see no 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 again this is a tradition that jerry herring started so uh and actually there's not many photos of her I'm, i'm just trying to see like which one she is i got a modern day photo but um, she sold herself short. She could have. She could have been. She, she should have gotten in touch with Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yeah, and we have a and we have a a note here from Annabelle. So Alyssa, you're gonna have to cover your ears. Okay. <laughs> so she says, "Wine, wine me, dine me, and have your way with me." And Annabelle says, "Instead of wine me, dine me, and sixty nine me." Oh. <laughs> cover your ears. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I guess things were just said differently in 1996. (laughs) In comes Carlos. And uh, it looks like the girl was trying to go from uh, Bud to Carlos. So Carlos, uh, Bud distracts uh, her and off they go. Right. And the thing is, it's like there was no follow up. Like, you know, what happened with this girl? Right. It was so random. Right. Yeah. So now Carlos goes up to Al. So, you know, they didn't meet in the... um, uh, Love Conquers Al episode. So here's their first time together. Whoa, thanks! <laughs> you make my heart sing! <laughs> you make everything moving! <laughs> you must be Kelly's father. You must be here to take advantage of my daughter, live off me like my worthless wife and family. <laughs> Mr. Bundy, money is of no concern to me. I come from a very wealthy family. Son. <laughs> please, please call me Carlos. No, no, I prefer son. <laughs> Do you know anything about building houses? Uh, my family built our entire village. We even built a tunnel from my country to yours. <laughs> then you should know how to work one of these. Uh, of course. <laughs> Do you know how to make it go louder? You mean like this? And my favorite part of this is the the, the very next scene where it, where it cuts to the next scene after that joke. Carlos is there actually working on the house. Al's walking along the fence line running that saw and just trying to annoy Marcy. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Literally, Carlos. Being a wild on, thing. Yeah, yeah. Carlos <laughs> is on his hands and knees nailing the doghouse while Al is running that saw. 
Yeah, Carlos is doing all the work. <laughs> so he says, you must be Kelly's father. And Al says, you must be here to take advantage of my daughter, live off me like a worthless wife and family. <laughs> <laughs> so, but money is of no, Mr. Bundy, money is of no concern to me. It's like, I come from a wealthy family. Son! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> please, please call me Carlos. No, I prefer son. <laughs> yeah. And here's the line. He says, you know, I, you don't know anything about building houses. Well, my family built our entire village and we even built a tunnel from my country to yours. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was a good line. That was. Now, you know, I've been to like Southern California. So, I mean, you know, and even if like you listen to the news, you always hear of these tunnels from Tijuana mm-hmm. into San Diego. So, uh, I mean, you hear of those every couple of years, right? Right. Yep. Now, we saw Carlos earlier this season. That was in the episode with uh, when Carlos takes out uh, Kelly uh, with her cousin. Uh, well, Carlos brings his cousin Esmeralda over. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, Esmeralda. Yeah, she was wild. Lucky bud, huh? <laughs> Love conquers Al. Okay. That was the one when uh, they go to Dr. Richelieu's marriage retreat and, and the water park, as I recall, right? Right. With Peg? Yes. I think I remember that one, yeah. Mm-hmm. So i got to say, uh, since I guess we haven't really talked about Carlos, because that, that wasn't one of our episodes that we um, reviewed, you know, you and me, Luigi, but i got to say, I really like Carlos's character. And mm-hmm. I, I think I think him and you know I'm I'm thinking in a, in an alternate alternative universe you know I know I'm living in fairy tale land now because we know that you know the the uh, reboot or spinoff or what have you is never going to happen but if if married with grandchildren happened I think it would be great to see Kelly and Carlos together and then I uh, Bud and Amber everybody knows I love Amber but I think mm-hmm. Kelly I think Carlos would have been perfect for Kelly. What, what do you guys think if, if uh, what, what do you what do you two think if we had married with grandchildren what would you guys think about Kelly and Carlos ending up together yeah I like him too yeah I've always liked I mean compared to other I mean compared to the other guys she dates most of them are just... yeah the guy not to skip ahead but the guy that she almost marries at the last in the last episode yeah I mean most of the guys <laughs> she dates are just <laughs> Yeah. Not 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 good not good men, but Carlos man. They're not. She would have been a he would have been a, a great husband for her, you know. Yeah. What do you think, Luigi? You know, I I don't know. I guess I have to think about it more, but uh to me it's like I feel like um you know, like in in my mind if you know, married with grandchildren was a reality, you know, and I've also said this before, like, I feel like, uh, I sort of agree with Michael Moyer. And I said it before we even interviewed him, like, I feel like it should be, this show should be kept, you know, sort of in a, uh, kept in the bottle. Yeah. Unless maybe mm-hmm. there's like, like one special episode, maybe that they could do it properly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I always felt like, you know, Kelly would probably be like on her fifth husband by now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I had a couple of ideas on that. You know, one of them, one of them was that she had, you know, multiple, uh, or that she had kids by multiple men. You know, like right, or, right, like three or four kids with three or four men. And then the other one, I, you know, just since we're talking about Carlos, I was like, you know, if if in this alternative universe, if she ended up with a good guy, it would be Carlos. Because to me, I can't think of. Well, I mean, I guess other than the guy that I'm trying to think if she's dated anyone better than him. She she dated the guy that was. 
running for what was it city council i think it was yeah of course she yeah. she ruined his career remember that newspaper that said uh bimbo she could have married robbie bennett because at least he'd be legal by now right oh yeah yeah that guy that that kid that was what was he 12 or 13 or something oh yeah right. yeah <laughs> but you know i mean like of all of all the the serious guys that she dated for multiple episodes at least i i think carlos is clearly the best but that's just me He's got money. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, walking, he's, he, he's walking around with 12 grand in cash in his pocket. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what does he do for a living? Yeah. Gets you wondering, huh? Builds tunnels uh, from his oh, country yeah. to San Diego. That was funny. That was a good line, too. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, but so Kelly says that, you know, she wrote to Carlos's brother in the old country of San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Where they speak spinach. Spinach. <laughs> uh, uh, just great, stupid jokes. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> and you know, we see, and he sent you know, pictures of his old girlfriends, and they're all plain lo- looking. No makeup, no jewelry, no bras, huh? <laughs> now, where is he supposed to be from? Because they kind of hinted that it was South America. Well, it's like if, you know, when he says that he's tunneling from his country to ours, I mean, it's, it can only be Mexico. It can right? all, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah I, I thought that, but he doesn't really, to me, his accent does not sound Mexican. I, I mean, correct. I, I, I thought that too. Clearly they're, they're talking about Mexico, but his accent does not sound Mexican to me at all. I, I can't quite identify. Yeah. I can't quite identify what country it is, but to me, it doesn't sound Mexican. At least, so. I agree with you. And I think it's just, you know, they're, I mean, again, to get the joke in, they have to make it work. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, sort of the mysteriousness without naming a country, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you can like fill in the blank. Like he's from Panama. Yeah. He's from Argentina. Yeah, it makes he's it even funnier if, Chile. You, if you were to say it's Colum- Colombia or Argentina. Or- that, right. Yeah. Colombia be funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but again, you know, sometimes it's like I guess by not being too explicit, yeah, you have the opportunity to use your imagination. And you know, uh, Carolyn, who's been on the show before, uh, she, something she said really stuck out with me is you know, like when, for example, uh, whenever they talk about uh, Al's mother-in-law, right, Mrs. Wanker, we never see her on camera because, as she said, you know the your imagination will do a better job of of imagining what she's of, of of seeing what she looks like than anything that they could do on camera mm-hmm. right it's like, like in other words like by not showing you the you know by not being explicit you know it allows the the viewer to you know use their imagination and make it funnier right totally i mean her voice just her just her voice alone you know makes you wonder <laughs> How big is this woman? <laughs> yeah, right. Didn't they say that uh, that she was over two thousand pounds uh, now in season ten? If I'm remembering right. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, like you know, you you hear like these numbers thrown. Yeah. You remember like um, even when like uh, they're on the game show back in season two, yeah. just married with children. <laughs> You know, like each woman who's getting on the bed, like they say, that's like one ton, right. that's two tons. You know, I mean, again, it, it's the joke to it, to be farcical, but obviously, you know, it's yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Al would be dead if if, if two tons were right. people. Said. Exactly right. 
Well, I mean, each of them was a ton, and there was like six or seven women on that yeah. bed, you know? Of course, yeah. Al would be dead about several dozen times over oh, yeah. the things that's happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Marcy, how's that bank report coming along? <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> And you live here, and I don't know what you did to my bird bath, but the little birdies won't go there anymore. You started this. You came over here. You told me to be quiet. What'd you expect? And you know, and Marcy just sneaks up behind Al and like hits him with like what? I guess what is that? A two by four. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Pops him pretty good too. Yeah, and like, and Al gets uh, gets gets offended by it too, right? Which is even funny. What did I ever do to you? You were born. So now we get introduced to Inspector Fitzpatrick of the Department of Housing and Zoning. <laughs> Don't complain to me. Do what I did and complain to him. This is Inspector Fitzpatrick of the Department of Housing and Zoning. How do you do, Mr. Bundy? Nice doghouse you've got there. Why, thank you. Tear it down. <laughs> So, here's a note from Annabelle. The doghouse inspector was Beanie in Poppies by the Tree in season two. Two burgers, Beanie. I thought he looked familiar. I got to say, it's amazing, these connections that Annabelle makes. I mean, I, I know. once I read that in the notes, I'm like, oh, yep, I remember that guy. Exactly. He was wearing that dirty white T-shirt and, like, digging in his armpit. and. <laughs> Your drink's ready. I'm going to go axe the burgers now. There won't be any screaming, will there? <laughs> Bud was like, I'll take a Coke unopened, you know, but I would have never t made that connection if it weren't for Annabelle. <laughs> she's very observant. I mean, she's she's amazing. She's yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love you, Annabelle. Yeah. I mean, she's I, I remember when I when I uh, first was was emailing Michael Moyer when I was telling him, you know, that Annabelle and, and Alex would be doing the interview. I told him, I was like, she's the walking, talking encyclopedia of married with children knowledge. <laughs> and it's true. And actually, you know, for our audience, one of the follow-ups, uh, you know, Chris, remember like uh, after we did the interview, mm -hmm. uh, Michael emailed back and he said, if anybody has any questions, just tell them to talk to Annabelle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> It's time for no man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children.
So anyway, so now uh, Inspector Fitzpatrick effectively acts as a building inspector around a doghouse. <laughs> what do you mean this doghouse has to come down? Me and my son Carlos just put it up. <laughs> you have no permit. It's a doghouse. <laughs> you say it's a doghouse. What's to stop you from renting it out to a family? <laughs> the fact that it's two feet by two feet? Sorry, Bundy. No permit, no doghouse. No doghouse? No brain! Uh, perhaps... Perhaps this can be resolved without a bludgeoning. Well, you could always try going down to the building department, standing in line all day long with people from eighth world countries carrying sausage in their clothing, pay your 30 bucks. Or you could pay me 50, I could give you the permit right now. Carlos, I'm a little short. Well, how much do you need, Mr. Bundy? Uh, 70. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What are you doing now? I'm a building inspector. I'm inspecting your building. Uh-huh. As I think I've mentioned before, like, my education is being a civil engineer, so, like, I'm very familiar with building codes, right? So do you need a permit to build a doghouse? The answer is no. <laughs> and uh, this is, you know, the, the how farcical it, it, you know, at this point it is. Yeah. Now, it's funny. Effectively, like Al's playing along. But I mean, you know, Al could just say, it's like, I'm not doing it. I mean, because again, I mean, to the, you know, in the real world, you wouldn't need to build it, quote unquote, according to code. But building codes have been around for a very long time. Uh, the first building codes in the U.S. were established in 1625, uh, that, which addressed fire safety and specified materials for roof coverings. In 1630, Boston outlawed chimneys made of wood and thatch roof coverings. And in the late 1770s, George Washington himself recommended that height and area limitations be imposed on wood frame buildings uh, in the District of Columbia. And uh, the 1788, so the first formal building code written in the U.S. in German, in Old Salem, which was well known for many of its infamous fires, you know, although no witches were burned at the stake. Right, Jamie? <laughs> and, uh, you know, larger cities began developing building codes in the early 1800s. Uh, and uh, in 1865, New Orleans was the first city to enact the law requiring inspections of public places. So, you know, so building codes, really what they do is just establish, well, you know, if you're going to build a building, you has to follow like sort of these minimum requirements. You could obviously go more than the minimum, but it's like, well, you know, you need to have so many exits and so many windows and a certain amount of floor space. Um, so many bathrooms, handicapped parking, things like that. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, you know, the thing with the three-legged dog later actually was a <laughs> reference to the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, which had been enacted in the early 90s. I think it was about like 1991. So that requires like any new construction post that date, you know, has to require, you know, again, people with wheelchairs, et cetera. So <laughs> uh, again, and they were just having, this is an episode I would say where they were having a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they just wanted to have fun with the concept. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I feel like, you know, if I was Al, I would definitely want to bludgeon this guy with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, plumbing, uh, the handicap parking. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. And also the crooked building inspector who takes bribes. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know what's interesting? And, you know, one thing I will say, obviously, you did not need to follow code to build a doghouse. But (laughs) one thing I will say is where you guys live, I'm not sure. Are are HOAs a thing up in New Jersey and in California? Do they exist there? Yeah. Yeah. Homeowners Association, absolutely. Yeah. And do they, like, harass you about things that you do in your own backyard sometimes? Because so I will say to a doghouse would not be an issue at all, but. Building a shed, like in my neighborhood, if it's visible from the street, you actually would have to get permission from the HOA to do it. Uh, that's right. And, and yeah. basically, and, and I don't know if that's the thing where you are at, but anything that's visible from the street, like if I wanted to repaint the front of my house or the side of my house, I have to get permission for that. Or if I wanted to, uh, they say if I want to plant trees and stuff, but they don't really enforce that. People plant stuff like that all the time. But I don't know. I was just curious if that was a thing where y'all are at. But like if they were building a shed, that could p- possibly be an issue with their HOA. But a doghouse, nah. <laughs> yeah, it, and and again, it it depends on where you live. So I mean, in in my part of the country, they're not as common HOAs. Like in terms of those types of rules, I know. In California, that is definitely true. Oh, yeah. You know, like much, <laughs> much more so. Like, I mean, you could have a home here and if you want to paint it purple, you know, put a pink roof on it and, you know, yellow sunflowers. I mean, that's on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it all depends in like, you know, if you live like a, in a neighborhood that's maybe zoned to be historic. Yeah. All know, right. Yeah. Then then like, 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 in other words, and I guess you get some of this, especially like I think in California, there are like certain streets that might be used, like, let's say for filming. It's like, you know, like you want this thing to look like all the homes were built in the 1920s and you want to maintain that look. The issue becomes that once it gets designated like a historic block or a historic home, effectively anything you want to do has to go through a committee. It has to, you have to use like uh, certain types of building materials. So the cost of that drives, it drives up the cost of, of the restoration, you know, tenfold. Yeah. Compared to it's like, well, you know, I just want to go to Home Depot and buy these replacement windows, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you can't you can't do that. Uh, usually, like if you live like in a com- in a community, like if, let's say like townhouses or stuff like that, then there are rules. Like again, that's when a homeowners association comes in. But what I noticed is like in California, Alyssa, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are like the neighborhood. And I guess it's a homeowners association for a neighborhood, maybe yeah. if it's like a like a planned community. Like you, you have more of those than we do on the East Coast, and those have rules around what you're allowed to do and what you cannot do. Correct? Right. I I don't live in a HOA, but I used to have a townhouse in one, and I got busted for putting up a wind chime in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> It's so ridiculous. California has the stupidest rules. Yeah, it's it's like it it really like for where I live, it really comes down to is it visible from the street? Yes. And that's what she said. That's what the the lady that was their argument. We can see it from the street. Yeah. I I mean, I do all types of things in my in my backyard. uh, But as long as the way my house and my fence is set up, uh, unless it's like a pretty much the only thing I could do that would be visible would like I'd have to build like a structure like a an actual like mm-hmm. a, you know like a large shed or something like that like but if I want to plant a tree or that type of thing uh, it, it would be very difficult to see from the street I mean until it's like 30 feet high but at that point you know what the hell are they gonna do <laughs> <laughs> right but the building inspector says you know you could go to the uh, buildings department stand in line people all day from eighth world countries carry sausage in their clothing 
right? <laughs> you know, and pay you 30 bucks or you could pay him 50, right? So, <laughs> but I mean, you've heard of first world, second and third world, fourth world countries, but never eighth world. No, never. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> I, I actually looked that up to see if that was a reference I was miss, missing. But was it? <laughs> not that I know of. <laughs> I, I was wondering what that reference was too. I think that just means it's like much worse than a third world. <laughs> Carrying sausage in their pockets. <laughs> so I'll actually give you the definition. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's some useless information for everybody. So a first world country is like a, a rich Western country, you know, let's say that has natural resources you know, is wealthy, they know how to utilize their resources, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Second world, you don't hear these any, like, you know, you hear first and third world, but you don't hear about second and fourth. Right. A second world country is a communist country. Oh, okay. okay. That was the old definition of it, and you don't hear it much anymore. Mm-mm. A third world country is a poor country that has natural resources, but the country is not able to utilize them because they're too, they're because they're poor, right? Mm-hmm. A fourth world country uh, is a country like Haiti, which has no natural resources, nor is it nor is it rich. So that's the difference. The difference between a third and a fourth is that a third has resources, but mm. they're not able to utilize them. Whereas a fourth, they have absolutely nothing. So going to the eighth means it's <laughs> really like bad. you know, it's like really really bad. And I guess yeah. that's what the joke is. <laughs> I mean, an eighth an eighth world country would be like on fire or something, or like <laughs> underwater. Yeah. It would be underwater. <laughs> and like I said, and this is like I think one of those things. Again, it's like also like I'd say a little bit of a time capsule because, like I said, you you don't hear those terms anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like again, like again, especially second and fourth world. Right. Does it remind it remind me of that? Uh, remember that DMV episode? I don't know that the whole thing where you have to go online and wait. It just reminded me of that episode where Al has to go to the DMV. What season was that? No, I think nine? that was season eight, wasn't it? Where you had was to that driving Mr. Boondy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was a funny one. I it just reminded me of that for some reason. Yep. Yeah. No. Very much so. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. All right. So now with the bribes, it's like Al figures that hey, it's like. You know, fifty dollars to the inspector. He 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 keeps twenty, right? <laughs> fifty and then thirty, and he just keeps going. And you know, and and Carlos pulls out a wad of cash, and it's like, wow, like a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and what's interesting is, you know, when you are from a, uh, you know, like many immigrants generally don't have access to credit especially when you're illegal, right? So a lot of what they do is all in cash. Like, in other words, it's always a cash business. So um, they sort of played to that, right? Mm-hmm. And interestingly, like, you know, for the illegal immigrant, if that's what Carlos says, he had $12,000 worth of cash in his pocket. <laughs> Although the wad would have been a lot bigger right. if it was $12,000, right? <laughs> yeah, adjusted for inflation, of course, that would be, you know, damn near $25,000 in his pocket nowadays. <laughs> Correct. But, you know, even Mr. Fitzpatrick, he has some morals. He says he's a one-bribe kind of guy. <laughs> hey, at least he's honest about that much. <laughs> yep. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, what? This house, too close to the main dwelling. You're going to have to tear it down. <laughs> what do you mean, tear it down? Why can't we just pick it up and move it? Uh-uh-uh. It's illegal to move an unsafe dwelling. 
But it might be a little safer with a 50 in your pocket, huh, Carlos? 70? Uh, better make it 80. <laughs> Ordinarily, I'd take your money, but Mrs. Darcy's already paid me much more, and, well, call me old-fashioned, but I'm a one-bribe kind of guy. <laughs> Besides, it'll be fun watching you build the doghouse all over again. It sure will! <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, don't hold your breath. No, due to your blue, because we're not rebuilding this doghouse. Carlos? We're going bowling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to bowl. Well, you got money, don't you? Well, that's half the game right there. <laughs> but, Mr. Bundy, doesn't your dog need someplace to go? I don't care where he goes. Oh, <laughs> damn dog! Damn neighbor! Damn day I was born! <laughs> they can't pick up and move the doghouse. They have to continually, like, knock it, you know, effectively break it down and rebuild it, huh? Uh, well, how, how come they didn't just buy a doghouse? <laughs> That's a great, well, well, isn't that what Jefferson said? Yeah, did, did he say it? Did Carlos say it? One of them said it. Was it Jefferson? I, it I Jefferson. guess it was Jefferson. He, these yeah. come pre-built. Yeah, I mean, that's how I always buy, bought my doghouses, pre-built. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a scenario where it would make sense to build it. I mean, unless you're, I mean, if you're a handyman and you've already got the materials sitting around, you know, that type of thing, sure, you might build it. But like for a regular, mm -hmm. per, like someone who's a shoe salesman or has a regular job, like, because I, I mean, to buy the wood, buy the nails, uh, you know, buy the, you know, he's got shingles on top. Of, you know what I mean? Like I can't, to buy that material, <laughs> <laughs> just go buy right? the doghouse, go to Home Depot. I and know. Buy one. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, also Al had the construct, like he wanted to build something with his own two hands. Like sort of, remember when he built the uh, the apartment in the garage? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If Al oh, yeah. had a hammer? Mm -hmm. Of course, he had dad's hammer then. And see, if he had, that's, <laughs> if he had his dad's that's hammer right. here, it might have been a lot easier. Yep. Uh, easy. Ow! Ow! I'd like to do this <laughs> What are you doing out here with... With the yard man. <laughs> no, Kelly. This man is your father. That hasn't been proven. <laughs> Come on, Carlos. Let's go inside. But, but why? I'm having a wonderful time here with your father. Carlito, dame este dos por cuatro. <laughs> Carlos, don't you notice anything different about me? Uh, no, you are the same lovely Kelly I worship as a chaste goddess. Damn. I knew I should have gotten the complete make-under. Daddy, I'm going back to the salon. I need a couple hundred dollars. Well, no problemo, lo pumpkito. <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. Kelly comes out and uh, she tries her natural look out on Carlos. And, you know, Carlos just says that he's just been having a wonderful time with Al, right? Carlito, dame este con dos por cuatro. Yeah, and then it's funny, like, and he says, well, no problemo, little pumpkita. <laughs> and, and by the way, Kelly's natural look is just a bandana over her head or a scarf. Yeah, she looks <laughs> yeah. She spent 500 bucks on different. that? <laughs> I know. I could have done that for 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 twenty dollars. <laughs> yep. I love how she says, uh, 
this she basically like doesn't want to admit that Al's her dad. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, well, you remember like there was one episode early on when like she says, "No, that's not my dad." It's like that's like my mom's boyfriend. It's like my dad's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like an old episode. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually, I'm going to say, is that season one? Where's the boss? I think that's where it comes from. We're going to go upstairs and listen to some records. Who's the guy in the pajamas? Is that your dad? Are you kidding? No, no, my father's in prison. <laughs> that's, that's just my mom's boyfriend. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's, yep. that sounds right. Because Al was sitting on the couch and, you know, he was watching TV and Peg was uh, trying to get rid of him. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, like when, when I produced this episode, let's see if uh, <laughs> I, I nailed it. It was definitely early <laughs> in the series. That's for sure. Very, yeah. Very early. Now the, the doghouse needs to be proper distance from the house. You know, they talk about a foundation and uh, Carlos has to spend $700 for a whole truckload of uh, <laughs> concrete when he only needs is like a blob of it. All right, that ought to do it, Inspector. Well, let's see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Looks to be the proper distance from the house. But... But what? No foundation. <laughs> All right, come on back. Come on back. Oh! All right, boys, pour me a foundation. That's it? My future son-in-law spent $700 for one stinking blob of concrete? Well, I'm sorry, but we've got a one truckload minimum. You have some place you want us to pour the rest? Well, how about the dog? Very funny. Check your sock drawer. Well, it's your cement. When you figure where you want the rest of it, just give me a call. Oh. And that is right, actually. That's what about a, a you know a, a truck worth of concrete would have cost back in 1996. Wow. So that was accurate. I know my dad was in the cement business back then, so I remember <laughs> pricing. All right. And again, we have another zinger from Buck. Yeah. Because <laughs> when he says that, you know, you should uh, pour concrete over the dog. Yeah. For Lucky. <laughs> you know, and, and Lucky says to check the sock drawer. All right. Yeah, you, you keep calling him Buck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Buck, sorry. Okay. Sorry, Lucky. <laughs> so anyway, so Lucky the dog. Um, so now, like, also the doghouse needs plumbing. <laughs> now listen, before we rebuild this doghouse yet another time, any more surprises in that magic little code book of yours? No, not a thing. Uh-oh. What? What's wrong now? No plumbing. Why would a dog need plumbing? 
He doesn't wash himself after he marks a tree. If he's dirty, he just drags himself along the ground, like I'm going to do to you if you don't approve this doghouse. Yeah. Page 49, Mr. Bundy. No plumbing, no doghouse. <laughs> The pipes are up and running. I even feel this waterbed. See this? All right. Plumbing passes. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. And, and you know, I got to give the art, the actor, a lot of credit. I mean, you know, he is playing it very deadpan. I mean, you know, I think he was very, very talented. You yeah, know, I have to, I have to give him that. Yeah. Marcus mm-hmm. Pizzotto, props to you. Oh yeah, I like him. He was he was in nine hundred two one zero, so I knew him from then. And yeah. it, he had, he had already left the show, and I guess he went straight to marry his children. Yeah. <laughs> now we talk about having the handicap access, right, for the three legged dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three legged dogs. <laughs> but where is your handicap access? <laughs> Okay, bring on the three-legged dogs. <laughs> so now we cut back to the living room, and Bud is with Kelly and wants to know, like, how she looks. Okay, Bud. After six hours at the salon, I think my natural look is finally complete. What do you think? Well, you, you no longer look like a North American slut. <laughs> no, you look like a South American slut. That's exactly the look I was going for. <laughs> he says that instead of looking like a North American slut, she looks like a South American slut. <laughs> uh, by the way, this doghouse is huge, by the way. Did, you, did y'all see it when it's sitting next to Al once they put it on the yeah. concrete slab? It's like mm-hmm. half, it's about halfway up uh, Ed O'Neill's body. Like it's, <laughs> it's but look at it, it's, this thing is huge. I'll post a picture once we, uh, <laughs> once, once we produce this and, and, and it airs, but this doghouse is like, Lucky's a, t- a pretty small dog. <laughs> yeah. This doghouse is big enough for like a St. Bernard or something. <laughs> well, I, I guess they needed to make it big so that it would film properly. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know, especially you know, for the toilet in there and stuff. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this doghouse is like damn near three or four feet high. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so Carlos is not very happy with the natural look that Kelly has gone for. Adam you make my heart sing. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, oh homely housekeeper woman. Have you seen the beautiful, sweet, and excitingly trashy Kelly? Carlos, you see, this is Kelly. You just don't recognize her with her clothes right side out. So, uh, Carlos, what do you think of my new look? <laughs> I spent $700 to achieve the look of the women of your village. I spent $7,000 to come to America to get away from the women of my village. (laughs) Kelly, I have decided you are not the Angora sweater-wearing, pointy-breasted woman who will frost my Duncan Hines cakes while bearing my 2.6 children as I watch wrestling on TV. What is this thing? I had to look this up in the notes. You know, what the hell is Angora hair? 
uh, who is an Angora sweater-wearing, pointy-breasted woman who frost my Duncan Hines cake while bearing 2.6 children as I watch wrestling on TV. So I guess that's what the, the American ideal was at the time. That's what I was what, thinking, yeah. But what's an Angora sweater? Uh, take it away, Chris. An Angora hair or Angora, Angora fiber refers to the downy coat produced by Angora, the Angora rabbit. While the names of the source animals are similar, Angora fiber is distinct from mohair, which comes from the Angora goat. Angora fiber is also distinct from cashmere, which comes from the cashmere goat. Angora is known for its softness, thin fibers, and what knitters refer to as halo fluffiness. It is also known for its silky texture. It is much warmer and lighter than wool due to the hollow core of the Angora fiber. It also gives them their characteristic floating feel. Okay. Sounds pretty nice. <laughs> According to this, so they get it from rabbits? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. All right, hopefully we don't have anyone from PETA listening to this podcast. Huh? <laughs> and it also makes this reference to Duncan Hines cakes. I was trying to figure out what, they were, what he was talking about. I'm like, is that what he thinks American women do in 1996? I guess so, so... Duncan Hines was an American pioneer of restaurant ratings for travelers. He is best known today for the brand of food products that bears his name, especially cake mix. Hmm. Plus, you never wanted those things before. Ah, uh, yes, but I never spent a day with your father before. <laughs> he is a very wise man. He, he reeks of wisdom. And something else I cannot identify. <laughs> Heed his words, Kelly. Now I must take my leave. Adios. Wait, wait, Carlos, I am a slut. I can be a big slut, huge slut. Hello, pumpkin. Daddy, you have ruined my life. Well, that makes us even. <laughs> oh, come on, pumpkin, cheer up. So you lost, Carlos. Hey, at least we're going to the basketball game together. Me and you, Dad? No, me and Carlos. <laughs> Damn, what a guy. You know, it's funny how things work out. I spent $12,000 of Carlos' money on a doghouse that Lucky refused to set foot into. Why are you so happy? Because 6,000 bucks of it's in my pocket. <laughs> Carlos pretty much says that, you know, he enjoyed spending his time with Al because Al reeks of wisdom or something else he can't identify. Probably feet. <laughs> <laughs> Probably feet, I bet. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so it's just funny, like, you know, so Kelly's chasing Carlos away and saying, he's like, I'm a slut. I can be a big slut. <laughs> 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 so we end this episode. So Al's happy. Oh, he says, well, so you lost your Carlos, but at least, you know, going to the basketball game together. <laughs> That's Al and Carlos, which is really funny. You know, and he spent twelve thousand dollars of Carlos's money, and half of that is in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, the, the and Lucky won't go in the doghouse. <laughs> right. After all and, that. Yeah, right, and then we have the payoff with the cement. Hey, I also figured out where to pour that leftover truckload of wet cement. We're getting a swimming pool. Better. <laughs> Jefferson, have you seen my car keys? <laughs> Truck. Get that spout away from my Mercedes! <laughs> okay, boys, let her rip! No! Yeah. 
and uh, it gets deposited on Marcy's Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love the war between those two. So great. Yeah. How many times is, you know, that, this would be interesting to tally. How many times has the Darcy slash Rhodes Mercedes or Beamers been either damaged, <laughs> violated, or, you know, attacked by a bear or something like in this, <laughs> in, in this series? <laughs> So many uh, times. Uh, I mean, there's so you times. know, there's the camping episode. There's the oh heck, the one we did earlier this season, the uh, barely men one. <laughs> remember that one? The the bear attacked uh, the the Darcy's. Uh, was it their Beamer or Mercedes? I can't remember. Uh, usually, it's been a Mercedes, but occasionally, it's it's also been somewhat vague. Yeah. But, we do we do know that it's a German car, right? Right. Yep. That's true, because uh, Marcy will tell you what Farfig Nugan really. Oh is. yeah, yeah, yeah. The course. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's like golly, how many times has their car been either destroyed yeah. or really damaged badly? <laughs> A lot. Um, uh, <laughs> did we did we talk about why Peg has been out for all these episodes? Yeah, we've mentioned that throughout this okay. uh, throughout the season. But I know she uh, was pregnant. Yeah. So yeah. Peg is uh, still. On maternity leave, and mm-hmm. she had her baby uh, in 1996, mm-hmm. and uh, Peg will return in the last episode of season right. 10, episode 26, so in five more episode review weeks. I, see, I, I like her, and it, it's I, you know, I can definitely feel the absence in some of these episodes yeah. of, you know, yeah. of her. But, mm-hmm. Well, you know what's interesting is uh, in this episode, you know, obviously Katie Seagal's not present, but we don't get a uh, pre-recorded uh video of her either like you know right. normally normally we we see her you know either on the phone or we see her where she's you know in a car searching for her for her mom or dad or like on the train or on the train <laughs> or something like some some variation of you know a, right. a 30 to 60 seconds video yeah of, i thought that was strange yeah we don't we don't get that this episode oddly enough yeah. no ma'am we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review be sure to join their facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. And we're back. So, Chris, how many truckloads of cement are you going to pour on Marcy's Mercedes in review of this episode? Well, that's an interesting question, and and, and I did a lot of thinking, and I, and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them two answers for this, <laughs> and the the first answer is the answer of the 12-year-old Chris Gunter. Because this is, you know, we're at the point in the series now where I, I, you know, I was watching everything first run, you know, first run through. And I and I vividly remember this episode as a kid. And when I was 12, I absolutely loved this episode. I was laughing out loud the entire time. Uh, I loved the, the cartoonish nature um, uh, of, you know, having to, build a doghouse to code and put it cement under it and put a, a handicap parking and plumbing. And it has to be so far, so far away from the main dwelling and all that. And 
I loved this episode as a kid, and, and I still do like it. I, I really like Carlos's character. Um, you know, I've already talked about him quite a bit. Uh, but at the same, you know, if you would have asked me when I was when I was twelve, I would have given this a five without a doubt. <laughs> now, when I rewatch it as an adult, you know, my taste in things, of course, has changed and matured a little bit. I still really like it, but you know, I, I do have some problems with it. Like I can't, I can't really give it a five since. Uh, you know, Katie Seagal is absent. You know, we spoke about mm-hmm. that. You know, she's one of the main characters of the series, you know, and, and, and we, we always miss her. Um, also, some of the cartoonish nature, it's very goofy. It's very, <laughs> it's very out there, especially dealing with the doghouse, which is the main plot of the episode. But I do like it. It's a fun episode. It's one where, you know, you just got to kind of turn your brain off and enjoy the spectacle mm-hmm. and, and go with it, no matter how you know zany and and, uh, and goofy it is. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 3.5. 3.5, uh, what are we doing, truckloads of cement on Marcy's uh, Mercedes? <laughs> so, yeah, 3.5. All right, Alyssa. Yeah. So how many truckloads of cement are you going to pour on Marcy's Mercedes okay. this ep- in review of this episode? <laughs> so I didn't see this when it first aired. I don't remember it. I watched it much later, but I loved it. I laughed so hard every time I watch it, uh, especially when Al just starts speaking Spanish. It cracks me up every time. <laughs> and um, I, I, I think the it's, it's so corny. I mean, a lot of these episodes in these later seasons are corny, you know, but that's why I love it so much. And uh, I would definitely say that uh, it's probably a four for me because uh, I mean, I won't give it a five just because, like Chris said, Peggy's not in it, but I would definitely give it a four. All right. Very good. Uh, so for myself, uh, I guess I'll give the rating at the end in terms of truckloads of uh, cement mm-hmm. to pour on Marcy's and Mercedes. I thought it's funny. Uh, I don't think it's a Grand Slam funny. I felt like the Looney Tunes character of the episode and itself wasn't like as consistent. Like I feel like they didn't like take a joke and keep building on it. Mm-hmm. Like it was very scattershot uh, in terms of the jokes. I mean, again, stuff that's funny, but not consistent. So because of that, I, I, I like it. I mean, again, I get laughs out of it, but it doesn't really like, you know, give me like a belly laugh, like roll on the floor. Like I want to watch this thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this episode a three as we wrap up. So Alyssa, again, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. It's always a ple- It's always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks. And, I uh, love to do it. You know, yeah, and we're looking forward to having you back on in season 11. Yeah, I'll be, there's a lot of good episodes in season 11. Really, I really like season 11 because Peggy was back. Yep, that's right. So, so <laughs> uh, we will Stepford, definitely reach out. The Stepford Peg. Remember that one? That was a good one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, and we're going to start working on the schedule for season 11 shortly. Awesome. So we'll definitely let you know. All right. All right, and that was Al Goes to the Dogs. And thanks again for listening to the Married with Children podcast. Next week, we have an episode that we have been talking about for quite some time. And you are all in for a treat because this is going to be a mega review of the episode entitled Enemies. 
In this pilot for a proposed TV series, a group of friends, quote-unquote, live in a sometimes peaceful coexistence. Tom is a handsome delivery man living with his gorgeous girlfriend, Shannon, his stepsister, Maria, and their lazy friend, Jackson. Tom is on the rocks with Shannon again over their flirtations with other people. When Tom meets Kelly Bundy while delivering a package to the Bundy house, he asks her out for the evening. To make Tom jealous, Shannon asks out a handsome millionaire named Henry, and the four of them end up at the local Greasy Spoon Diner in the inner city, which is run by friendly cook George. The evening gets more X-rated when Tom and Shannon try to outdo each other with their dates. Stay tuned, and as we've promised you, I think for the entire season of 10, there will be alcohol involved in this episode review. <laughs> you will not want to miss, miss it. And this episode will be chaired by the great Annabelle. So thank you again. Thanks, Alyssa. Thanks. And as always, tune in again next week. Same Bundy time, same Bundy channel.